T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can always get this podcast on the normal DA Show iTunes feed. You can also get it on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, etc., all the other places the podcasts are available, or its own podcast feed. Now the podcast feed is actually getting kind of stuffed, Mraz, because we have every day's full hours, one through four, used to be just three, and the PGP, and the best of, so every week we're pumping out a best of five days a week, a PGP, and four full hours. Yeah, that's a lot of stuffing. It's like when Oreo comes out with the extra stuffed Oreos. And I actually am interested to see how the podcast feed looks today on this Tuesday, February 25th, because uh, a little behind the scenes, we put up our PGP on two different outlets. We have our own permission granted podcast, DA show uh, tab, fine. You can find that on radio.com. But we also put it on the regular DA show feed as well. We give it to you. Multiple ways you can can get it, but we have been putting up the four hours of the show in order, so they play back, and then the best of show sits on top of those. This will be the first time that we've done a best of show on the same day we are releasing a PGP, so oh. I actually changed a method to this today. I uh, made sure I got the best of show in line and ready before the four hours were posted, so rather than the best of show sit Ahead of the four hours, it will oh. be underneath because I did not want everybody's fresh feed to see PGP, Best of Show, and then the four hours. So I kind of sandwiched the PGP and Best of Show with the four hours in okay. the middle of that. Just want to see if that makes any difference and to not convolute things. Okay. All right. So see, we'll, I'm thinking now. That's I'm great. That's thinking. great. Yeah, since last week's heart-to-heart 60 Minutes conversation, my wife listened to that and she said, I texted Mraz, now you know how I feel. She's right. She's right. <laughs> well, now you know, you know, sometimes when when I need to vent, it becomes, okay, we need to sit down, hash this out, and really get sure. to the nuts and bolts of it. A lot of people might just want to, you gloss know, move past, gloss it over, sure. build resentment. I go, no, 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 no. We're digging in. We're getting through it. And Gotta look it's going to be a battle. Yeah. 
But you know, I, I think the show's been better for it's it. It's much better. I think I think there's an understanding between all parties, and no I think question. That, I think the show is is as crisp as could be, as crisp as could be. I can honestly tell you. And before you jump the gun about pats on the back, I I'm not talking about that. I spent way more time on a Sunday than I normally would on the show trying to get David Ayers on the show. I thought that was a great story. It was great. I thought that that is something that if anybody on the end CBS Sports was going to get, I wanted to have first crack. That was one of the big stories of the weekend. And I I went through a couple levels of where I thought I was going to get him. I didn't. And the past me, I will honestly say, would have probably given up after my first two outlets struck out on how to get him. And, uh... I don't think that we have David Ayers without that conversation. That's week. great. So, again, that's not a pat on the back, but I would say, you know, there, there was a little was different effective. cup. Yes. Yeah, he was great, and he talked about eating a Reuben before becoming the emergency goaltender in this game between the Maple Leafs and the Hurricanes. In the NHL, if you you have two active goalies for every roster per game, then they just have a random emergency guy in the building right. that either team could use. Which is wild. This guy got in. He was actually worked within the Maple Leafs minor league organization, was in the building in Toronto, came in for the visiting Hurricanes, ended up pitching a shutout in the third period, gets the first start of the game. Unbelievable story. And he joined us on the show on Monday. It was just awesome. I highly encourage anybody to listen to that. But how bizarre is also that concept that you have a neutral guy in the stands waiting to come in? Like, could you imagine if there was a sixth quarterback that you had right. to carry? Three on each team, and then there's an emergency QB that could come in for either team. You know, it's it's funny you say that. I actually think the better way to equate this would be Major League Baseball, where should you have an emergency catcher for each team? Because the way it's constituting this has happened in baseball, you run out of both catchers, and then you end up having a position guy or somebody else play cat, and, you know, there's a million pass balls and stuff like that. And I guess it's because there's flying pucks and coordination. <laughs> you don't want to just take random defensemen here, throw goalie gear on like you're playing roller right, hockey true. with your it's friends. A totally different skill set. Totally different skill set. And you, you just need somebody in there that's competent rather than just make it an empty net. But I wonder if you could do that with baseball. If, you know, a guy was a career high school catcher, never really made it, can't hit a lick, but can get that back there, play a little defense. Would that make a little sense? I find it cool because it's, it's now happened, I think, twice. And it's so rare, and we see this happen, it's very odd that they would even win. But the idea that as a regular person, totally, you can taste just 10 minutes of professional sports. It's the ultimate what-if game. This guy lived the what-if game, and I find that moment so cool and so awesome that I think hockey should always get to do this because it's so extremely rare that when it does happen, it creates a great story. What's the better story? They carry a third goalie who can flip-flop around the minor leagues, or the guy comes out of the stands eating the Reuben with onions hanging out of his mouth. That's the better story. Absolutely. And it makes you wonder if, because it's such a good story, sports teams or leagues should start to engineer the rosters around this. Like, imagine in the NBA if you could only carry eight men in a roster. And so if <laughs> four guys foul out, you have to bring in a guy out of the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but we don't just want the guy with barbecue sauce on his shirt as much right. as we've eaten the Reuben. Like, it's it's almost like Step Brothers where they create the karaoke where if you can't sing, you got to sit down. <laughs> it's got to be somebody who at least has some right, discernible talent. Played D three college basketball, yeah. something like that, and now he's sitting there and he you know he eats a couple nachos, maybe he has a Bud Light. <laughs> you need me? All right, let me throw on my shorts. That is what sports is all about. So speaking of eating a lot, today on Tuesday we delved into one of the more iconic. 
moments in DA show history, perhaps the most iconic photo, which is the night of the Crave case. Sure. Now, this was April. Again, you're doing sure a lot. We're just early on. We're, sorry. we're doing a lot of sure. This was early on, I think, April of year number one. So we started sure. in January of 2013. And you had, I guess, bragged that you could eat an entire Crave case on the air. Yes. If you're asking me the, the real true origins, I really don't remember because I... Like the guy out of the stands, it was raise your hand, what can you do, what can you bring to the table to put this show on the map? I had eating. I We had talked about something, probably was Peter Schwartz related with the White Castle, because that's somewhere he would venture just normally for lunch. Uh, stuck my hand in the ground, I could, in air, I could do this. What do you need me to do, coach? Put me in. And you said I could eat a Crave case, and right. me and Brock were like, no way, that's 36 burgers. Right. 36 slides. burgers? And... I really like White Castle. I've not had White Castle in a long time. I really like White Castle. I've only point. had White Castle once since. Because <laughs> you got sick on it. Yeah, it's. I it really did ruin it for me. We continue. <laughs> so, could I eat a Crave case? No way. I could probably, and I have put down 10 to 12. That seems to be a big DA slider. That's a lot hit. of sliders. It's a lot of sliders. Right. But if you ask me, like, we need you to pound through this. You could eat until, like, you're just gluttonous and, you know, they're here. Yeah, I could probably do 10 to 12. You said I could do 36. So there's just no way, even with you being a professional eater in some ways. Right. A competitive eater. No way. So I said, okay, I'll buy the Crave case, and you, let's see if you can put it down during a show. And Boy, it's a wonder <laughs> we made it this far. <laughs> the sad part is that we can remember the exact date because right. it was the morning coming off of the Boston Marathon you, bombing? No, it was, it was two, I believe it was two nights later. It was when the Boston Marathon bombers had, you know, gone loose on the streets of Boston and they would later find him in the boat when uh, that officer was killed right. on the campus. I think it was at MIT. Yeah, and yeah. And it was that night. Yeah. We had gotten word that there was a shooting and with yeah. all of that. So we had gone... You know, this was all breaking during the overnight. It really, yeah, to this day, that's right. When you think about, you know, stuff really doesn't happen on the overnight. We were tracking this insane, sad story live as we were doing a show, and it became evident after about twelve burgers that this was a really massive news story and a bad night to be eating sliders right, as be, a bit. Right to be joking around about how many cheeseburgers I could stuff in my We've mouth. We've always had pretty poor timing, so we had the. We had to pull the ripcord, and we actually transitioned away from sports that night, and we had to, you know, track the live right. events because people were waking up, getting the cars away. What's going on in Boston right now? Uh, it was a city terrorized at that point, and there was no room for me. And I don't mean to laugh, but to think yeah. about this, I am I'm 12 to 15 White Castle sliders in at this point. Yeah. I'm doing this for the four-hour bit, and we have to now get away with it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why did I start eating these? You know, it's not that you could have predicted this. But we had to get away from it. So I silently kept eating the burgers. We stopped referring to it to cover what was a massive news story. It's an insane combination of a night. And I had just left Boston five months earlier. So sure. I had all of my contacts on the ground. And so we had live reports yes. from people that I knew. Trapped in their houses on lockdown. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was really, really crazy. Somebody in that neighborhood was a former producer at my station. Right. He was reporting from the neighborhood. So... There was only one night during the overnights that we had to we had to bail on a day that you were eating 
burgers because something serious happened overnight. Right. And that was that night. It is unbelievable. Uncanny. So you kept eating. You got to 25 hamburgers. Right. Most massive news story of the year. (laughs) And I'm sitting there just gnawing on burgers, trying to put up people from their homes in Boston. Manhunt is going on, and you're at 25 burgers, and then... Behind the scenes, you're like, I'm, I'm bowing out. Right. I can't do it. Right. It's not even worth it at this point. I'm going to finish 36 right now while this is going on, and you take the picture. So you you stop at 25, and then I say, you know, you can take them home and finish them the next day if you want. Right. So I gave you a pardon, a presidential pardon. And at the point you're done with 25, you lean back in your chair. <laughs> this is where we can begin laughing again. And your gut is just... It's pouring out. There's no other way to describe it. It's pouring out, and your eyes are glazed over, and your cheeks are red, and your hat, your Brooklyn Nets hat is sitting very high on the top of your head like a trucker. Right. It looks like it's just ready to pop off, like a valve. And the look on your face is pure illness. Yeah. It's it's regret. It's why. Why? I couldn't find another way to make my mark. Why am I doing this? I need to be in radio this badly? Why? Those are all things I contemplated. And if you were wearing, say, that Henrik Lundqvist jersey right. that you're wearing right now, it wouldn't have been this effective, but you're wearing a tight, <laughs> no-limit T-shirt. Right. And it he, says no limit. No on limit. He was actually a poker shirt, but he was no limit. And it wasn't like he came dressed to impress on the overnight anyway, but I, it, there was no room. There was no, no moss. There was nothing else left to maneuver in there. <laughs> so that picture exists. Thank God I took that picture. Right. And we didn't put that picture out, by the way, until the following <laughs> week because, you know, there was no way to, to sugar or the shoehorn in that picture and the White Castle Crave case. So we went back to the Crave case and what happened the next week and we released the photo. It was like a detective holding on to evidence. So we released the photo and people audibly gasped. Oh, God. Yeah. Is he alive? So... You had finished the Crave case the next day, but did you do it solo or did your sisters help? I was with Danielle. She might have had one. To be honest, she might. I really forget. She could have, now that you're saying that. I don't uh, think you had all 36, nor right. did I expect it because it's an Im- impossible amount. No, I I mean, I hate to sound sound grim or anything, but I, I actually do distinctly remember because whatever would have been left, let's say there was eight sliders left. No, there would have been 11. 11 left. Okay, so I had, uh, I, I, I never forget this, I slept at... My then girlfriend's house was now my wife, and I I didn't want to go in for the long haul of a normal sleep because this manhunt continued after we left. And I mean, let's face it, it was gripping TV. You wanted to see, you know, what, were they going to, you know, everybody was scared and what was going to go on. So I remember, you know, waking up, let's say around noon, and and they had still not found the the men, and it, it, no captures had been happened. And I sat there, and then you know, now I'm hungry again. You don't want to, you don't want to leave the house because you know you want to see what's unfolding in front of your eyes on right, TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Broke out the Crave case, and we sat wow. there and watched CNN, yeah. Wow. Did you reheat it? I don't think I did. I think that we—I don't even know if they went in the fridge, to be honest with you. Wow. Those onions might have just, you know, because you're tired after the overnights, and especially tired after all that salt. Yeah. They might have flopped right on a nightstand next to me. Woke up, broke them right out on the coffee table. Let's finish these. Wow. Well, yeah, the night is unforgettable because of the background. Tragic, I mean, events that were just, yeah, like you said, so gripping and so unbelievable to watch in real time. And then— the Crave case, and that picture just lasts forever, and I, you'll never be that heavy. You said you topped out at 298 right there. Sure, yeah, exactly. I can't imagine myself ever functioning at that weight, so it's shocking that I was. And, look, I, I we've joked around, and I've made some real proclamations about losing weight before, but 
to ever go up to that amount. I mean, I don't know how I could ever go back there. I don't know. That's scary. Look at that pitch. That's alarming. <laughs> That's a, you know, let's let's order a casket at 40 kind of picture. It's not that bad. That was bad. That was if I kept going the other way, that's bad. You know, it's, it's no shame. They should not be proud of that. I'm not proud of that. I'm happy that I'm not. Well, you're much thinner now. I am. I mean, you you're like 50 pounds less than that, right? Uh, at least, yeah, I have 45 pounds less that's than that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, still have a long way to go, but that shows you what a hole I dug. That's an amazing <laughs> mountain to climb out of, or a hole to climb out of. Eight five five two one two. So one other thing that I think we should tackle is the Gerald versus Johnson, Johnson versus Gerald. Sure. This announcer duel is starting to take on a life of its own. We did it on Friday. Johnny Gerald, Gerald Gerald, Joe Gerald, the voice of the Sacramento Kings. Jerry Gerald. Jerry Gerald. I don't even know. He is, I think he's in his late 70s, maybe early 80s. Sure. Oh, he began. He began. He began in telegraphs or telegrams. One of the two. Morse long time code. ago. He has a very well, Sacramento Kings type of old school feel. Just now apologizing when he doesn't get loud enough for calls. <laughs> Mark Johnson is the rumbling voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, and pitting these two guys next to one another in a fake duel is really amazing. And it, it got a lot of attraction, a lot of attention on Friday's show on social media. So we did this again because they both had games on Saturday. And I have to say, I I think, well, we'll, we'll keep having the duel moving forward because it's such good entertainment, but I feel like we should have Jerry Gerard, Jerry Gerald, on the show maybe after the duel is over. Well, they were both reached out to on Friday okay. after the show. I, did not, I didn't want to tell anybody that in case we didn't get them on or anything like that. I actually have not heard back from either one. Wow. But. Now, Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffs, did retweet our bit. Which is why when I found out he retweeted it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. I still have not heard back. I will re-reach out because it's too good not to, you know, keep the ambition. Who knows? Maybe I caught him at a bad time, travel time, Friday. Things get lost in the shelf. I would have thought I would have heard back from one. I have not heard back from either. Who knows if. uh well. Jerry and Cheryl might not have email. Might not have eat right. May not know what's going on there. I mean, that might be an old school. I got to actually pick up the phone, place a phone call, which is very rare. Maybe place a telegraph. Place a te- telegraph, yes. So I'm going to keep working on it. But that has been planted. The seeds are out there for Great, because production is in the works now of having some type of Mortal Kombat-esque feel. It's good. And imaging to the duel. That's great because then I haven't seen our production guy in two weeks, so that's great that there's production in the works. Do for you it. think that's because we're getting here so early and leaving early? No, no, because DA, we were working mid mornings. We were the show following the morning show. Yes, and I was always here at seven a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Okay, so I am still here four hours into when I normally would be for my old shift, and I always, always saw our production guy by nine a.m. Eastern. So we're still on an air on the air for another hour. I have not seen our production guy worth a lick. If it wasn't for email, to be I could be communicating with somebody who's kidnapped him via email who's still putting out look ahead liners. Yeah. Something's gone on here. Yeah. Yeah, we're not seeing him a lot. Now see me shift shift change for him, who knows? Making up his own hours. So I guess if the work's getting done. Last point. Billy Jock alone being part of the show the other day was so good. Right. He weighs in at one fifty five. He weighs a jock alone. He weighs a No, one fifty-five. Yeah, one fifty-five. Because 
Because it was 157 was the amount of weed that Greg Robinson had. <laughs> right. And Jacqueline had a few one-liners that I was really laughing at about his case of Bud Light. Right. The 30 rack. I might get this to myself. So much so that now I've noticed a Jacqueline on a weekend is a really good follow on Twitter. Mm. Because Jacqueline will run the board here weekend afternoon. Okay. And he will, if you will, telegraph his movements on a weekend night via Twitter with pictures of his Bud Lights, <laughs> with hashtag making moves. Is that right? Hashtag Nets one, and he has other guys behind the scenes chiming in. Go Billy, go get him! And I get, don't quote me this. I can only base it off what I'm gathering the last two weekends on Twitter. Billy's very big on blowing off steam because he works on the weekend, and if nobody else will go out with him, going out to these bars by himself. And he's giving you hashtag let's goes. So, and the pictures of the Bud Lights are prevalent all throughout his Twitter. I really should have his Twitter handle for you. It's like Jacqueline or Billy underscore CBS maybe. But you you notice if you go to his Twitter, if you find Jacqueline on Twitter, it's incredible. So for all those one-liners and all the talks about how much Bud Light he's drinking, he's no lie. He uh, This is the man that is, is living his life right out of New York City. Billy Jacqueline, his... Twitter profile, CBS Sports Radio, Nets fan, acoustic guitar enthusiast. Interesting. Billy, two days ago, I'll watch this fight because it's on the bar. Brooklyn Nets won tonight. All I care about. Six likes. Billy Jock alone, just earlier than that, a picture of a Bud Light. That's it. It just says hashtag Saturday. (laughs) I told you. I told you. Billy Jock, February 6th. Hashtag, don't trade Dinwiddie. <laughs> he's, giving, he's giving you meat. Mitchell and Ness tweeted, stay tuned later this year. Billy Jock retweets it with the subheadline, let's go. It's a great follow. Billy Jock, January 11th. I want to tweet something, but I don't know what to tweet. <laughs> he's giving you juice. And, I like this. And if you click like his Twitter and replies, I bet you he'd be replying to people that I follow as well with other pictures of Bud Lights and stuff like that. <laughs> I've seen him, unless he's deleting them, but there have been multiple Bud Light pictures, and he's all in. Mike Zimmerman. Right. Zim around here. Right. Producer. Responds to Billy. Billy bar crawl is all bark and no bite. Billy Jock's response, take a lap. Hey. Billy Billy calling himself Billy Yonkers. Billy Yonkers <laughs> and Billy Barcrawl is what the friends are calling him. <laughs> this guy is building a legacy. A legacy cemented. He is a legacy cemented. I like this. This twi- is Twitter is something else. I'm telling you. I'm into a jock alone Twitter. I'm following it right now. You <laughs> can follow us along with him at Billy Jock. G-I-A-C. And... Now that we know, Billy Jock at one time was two Mirazes. Right. And Not that, anymore, though. No. No, no, no. I was two Jock alone. He was not two Mirazes. <laughs> right, right, right. You're right. getting your weights <laughs> distributed here. <laughs> and Zion might be two Jock alone. <laughs> okay, that side A, I heard that there is going to be upcoming a very uh, explosive side B. Yeah, I look, I don't want to. Last week was explosive. Right. This is more interesting and revealing. Okay. Andrew Bogus back from Cancun steps in here. It's our first day back. I counted in 18 days with the full staff with us. Wow. 18 days we had gone 
various days off for everybody without the full staff back. They were back on Tuesday, but of course without now drama from our music or audio director. It should be noted that we have started to take a running tally of days off right. here. And I and am petrified of my next week off in March. I am shaken. Right now, the tote board stands. Bilotti's taken 10 days off. That's an unofficial count. Unofficial, But right. we believe it's 10. It might be 9. 9 right. is official. We think it's 10. Right. This is like when the horse cut off the other horse in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> we have the unofficial result here. 10. I believe you and Bogus are at 5. Right. And I don't know Cap. I think Cap one is at one and I'm at one. Right. Now, I will have two days off mid-March for my spring training trip. So I'll be at three right. come St. Patty's Day. Right. And we'll roll off those days with my next five off after that. But how about I could take two off and by St. Patty's Day have three and not even be a third to Pete. Right. Pete. Pete got off to a quick start. This here. is an early, but that's a big early start. There's a lot more pay per views from WWE <laughs> to come. So who knows what these Mondays are going to bring? So I'm not encouraging our listeners to keep tallies of our scoreboard of people no, taking off. Please don't. But if that happens, so so be it. Okay, I'm not encouraging people to keep well, a scoreboard. Then but I want it. I want it on the record of the of the four or five of us on the show. Specifically baby-related, I have been granted the most days off in a pot. And this is not about guilting anybody into but I'm not feel taking guilty it. Because but they don't be like, oh, Mirage had, you know, took 10 more days. It's people. just an interesting scoreboard. Right. But you do get grandfathered into more days off right. this year than anybody because right. of the paternity. In theory, I have the most days given to me by the company this year of anybody on the show. So I'd like to see, because we all know that I will take off number of Fridays in the summer. That's oh, we my know they're big, coming. That's my bit. I like the Fridays off, a three-day weekend. I love that. So I'm going to have a lot of Fridays off in the summer. You'll have paternity. Pete's out to a really big head start. Right. So I want to see, you know, can you catch Pete? Can I catch Pete? Like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> right. <laughs> so exactly right. So I want to see what this So again, I don't. And we, we're, we're discounting January 1 because we all took off right. January 1. And I think that counts as last year's last holiday anyway. Okay. We're discounting January 1 because we were all off. Boom. We start now. Right now, that's the tote board. Pete, 10. Mraz and Bogues, 5. Me and Cap, 1. And let's see where we go. It's going to be interesting. Labor Day is going to cause a lot of tension. A lot of tension. <laughs> when we see where everybody's out after the summer. It's true. A lot of tension. Labor Day is... Memorial Day is a pinch point. Right. Labor Day is a pinch they point. They always say you can tell a lot about your baseball team at Memorial Day. You can yeah. tell a lot about this mothership <laughs> yeah. team at Labor Day. Yeah. Tell a lot. Okay, that's side A. Here's side B. All right, welcome inside side B of the PGP. This is Baraz, host of side B, the executive producer, sidekick, whatever nickname you want to give me. I am here, and I am a part of the DA show. Joining me, not from Cancun, not via the phone, no, right from right here on Hudson Street, the CBS Sports Radio Studios, is Andrew Bogus. Andrew, hello. Shawnee, how are you? I am doing well. It's nice to have everybody, the gang, back together on Tuesday. was the first show, and I counted this, in 18 days. That really? every, Is that long, huh? Every member of the, uh, well, let's call it the Drive for Five, including mm. Kaplan. One for the thumb. Right, the one for the thumb DA show members were in. We had gone 18 days without everybody in, and, and Pete the Body Bilotti was the last one to trickle back uh, Correct. out of spring training and get back in the lineup. 
Now, I very rarely had an incident on Tuesday morning coming into the show where there were massive uh, train subway delays getting to downtown that I actually ended up on the same subway with you and Pete on Pete's arrival. Uh, and I saw Pete. The first thing that I noticed, his eyes looked as orange as carrots. Yeah. So I told you this story off the air, I think, right. uh, in lieu of Pete's food poisoning, overspiced chicken, as he sure, referenced which, on the air. Which is what we'll get into as well, yes. Um, that he once before, very early in the history of our network, fell prey to food poisoning and came back in a similar fashion with, like, broken blood vessels, like, sure. all around his face, extra blushy and puffy bloodshot eyes because he had been so violently throwing up for 24 hours. Right. So I was expecting to see Pete the way I did this morning. So it wasn't as startling to me as it was for you. So it was very startling to me. And you're right. You have referenced that story. And I guess what surprises me most is now, I mean, look, we've all been there, done that, where we've had some kind of stomach bug issue. The body happens, stuff happens. Yeah. Not Pete the body, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get too graphic, but I don't recall like, ever having to have my eyes be completely bloodshot because I was so violently ill. And I've had a food poison before, and I've had bad stomach bugs before. But to have for Pete to have that happen twice, where his eyes turn a different color, to me, that's a little alarming. I don't think he knows how to properly throw up. Is, is that the problem, or is Pete just not as sturdy as we think Pete is? Like, very frail under the pressure? Because he's, uh, he's not delicate, that, like, he he does, like, throw up hard, so to speak. Like, there's a lot oh, of effort in there. There's I, violence. Right. Is it, to me, that it's either it's either that he's soft or he's, like, too tough. And there's, like, there is a violence to him being sick. I guess. It, it was very odd. It was very shocking. It was, you know, 4.30 a.m. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck happened to right. Pete? And I called him out. Now, on that note, and I hate to make this whole thing about Pete, but you know, here, we do. Here, here we are. Yeah. You mentioned the spicy chicken, but real quickly... Pete being Pete, uh, the first text messages I get today, and you might have dealt with this, we're from Pete. Pete wanting to know, quote, what did Sam reveal about my illness that I need to be aware of? Oh, I didn't get that. He goes, I'm getting tweets from Lewis and Palmdale and everybody. What did Sam reveal? He was furious at Sam. And I had to come down. I go, I go, Sam didn't reveal it. Well, actually, Sam defended you saying that you tried to get ahead of this. And said, I go, we had fun at the fact that maybe you were food poisoned, maybe you weren't. And I said, frankly, we were happy you didn't come in if you were. And we wanted to know who knows that they're going to be out on a two, on a Monday, right. on Saturday. I go, Sam didn't do anything. But he was out for blood for Sam because of tweets he was getting. You know, basically, like, how dare he reveal his illness as if it was like, you know, he needed a kidney transplant. Yeah. Pete, no, that makes sense. Bug. I mean, again, and there, there is Pete being overly tough and overreacting to something. And right, you're right. All Sam did was give us the timeline that ended up being in Pete's favor, right? Because it made a little bit more sense the way Pete handled right. this illness. But it just, you know, Pete couldn't come in nice and clean. It was already drama in the locker room to start the day, and not mad at me, you were DA no. for doubting he was sick, no, hinting that he could be faking or making this up. He's mad at Sam right. because Sam. Might have told us something he shouldn't have. I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, but this brings us into his trash Tuesday. Yeah. All right. We made fun of him Monday behind his back. Right. By saying that. But by the way, it's on the radio. It's not really behind his true. back because he's going to hear true. it. And it's there. There's a record of it. It's recorded. It's put back out in multiple ways. It's not behind his back. But the premise was, Pete, you're not a doctor. 
you have some kind of issue with your stomach. We can all diagnose that. You do not know, though, if it is a stomach bug or if you have food poisoning. You don't know. And a lot of times food poisoning wouldn't go on for this 48 hours right. and stuff like this. So he takes the trash Tuesday and he trashes the chicken being too spicy. Spicy. At the restaurant he ordered and that leading to a sickness. Now, I have a major couple issues with this. As you should. Number one, Pete also let me know behind the scenes that his wife's family was all had a stomach bug going around. Agree. I was told the same told thing. Told the same. Yeah. All right. Right off the bat. Don't you think that's it? Well, so... Like, what would the spicy chicken have anything to exactly. do with it? Exactly. Forget the fact that spicy chicken ridiculous, which we'll get to. Maybe it's that. Maybe it is just legit food poisoning, although I think that the length of it leads me more to sickness, like right. a bug, than food sure. poisoning. But it's one of those two things. It's not spiciness. Right. And I asked him, I said, well, what was this restaurant? He said, it's a, it's a place me and Bridget go all the time. So hold on. You go to a place all the time. You know what's on that menu. You randomly tried something different that now you found too spicy. And by the way, one bite, two bites in, you didn't think to yourself, my body, stop. my body can't, it's that spicy that my body can't handle that. Like if I eat something where I'm like, whoa, this is way too spicy. I just won't finish eating it. So I, I don't I don't understand why he would put the blame on the spicy chicken. And also, who gets sick for 48 hours over spicy chicken? Right. If he he was and he said he was sick for all of Saturday and all of Sunday. That and as of this morning, he'd only eaten like some crackers and a bowl of plain pasta in 48 plus hours. That's That'll not about trick. spite over spiced no. chicken. Undercooked chicken, sure. But too spicy chicken, not a, not a chance. Ridiculous. And now we'll just get off Pete real briefly. We did the we discussed Cheesecake Factory and yeah. how you guys had a real problem with me saying you shouldn't eat to the point of you're exhausted. Yeah, no, stuff. I stand by that. This part lead, Ken Carmen, host of the Ken Carmen Show over the weekend, mm-hmm. hosts a 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland in the morning. He called me, obviously this had to do with the Baker Mayfield stuff. He had a real issue in saying that who gets that stuff at Cheesecake Factory, the place quote-unquote sucks. I have major flaw with this. And look, not to disrespect Cleveland or disrespect Ohio. I've been there. It's a lovely city. That is a place that they love the milk shop there. I mean, they love their grilled cheese and all of that. Who goes to Cheesecake Factory, reads that Bible of a menu, and thinks it sucks? It doesn't suck. The bread's delicious. And in fact, they sell the bread now. I saw it. By me, which which is a major, major bonus. By me as well. I don't know why it took so long for them to do it because Panera's been selling their bread to stores for a while. <laughs> and now they're now these are finally doing it. So that's great. The food is great, but it is overwhelming when you walk in because it's big. It is always crowded. You got to get your buzzer and sit there and wait. Then there's the whole display of cheesecake. And because we're in New York, it's got to tell you how bad it is for you. It's got 1,500 oh, yeah. calories. And then you sit down and the menu almost breaks the table, and there's a lot going on, and then the portions are huge. It isn't an overwhelming experience, but it's good. The yes. f- whatever they bring you is delicious. I could deal with the overwhelming. I right. can't deal with the food sauce. No, the food is good. There's just, they give you enough food for three people and expect you to eat it one, and then have cheesecake afterwards. I, yeah, and again, look, I get that not everybody is like me. I get that some people have discipline. Maybe people can go in there, not get a nap, and maybe just order a little something lighter and then go with the cheesecake. Or maybe people walk away and don't get the cheesecake at all, which I don't understand and I have a problem with. But to call me and have the goal, after all of that, after we break down Baker Mayfield and how you should be too stuffed to, you know, receive something. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly in an SUV. Your take is that Cheesecake Factory sucks. I can't stand for that. I can't believe he's meeting possibly meeting anybody in the cheesecake. And it's not a it's not a it's not a decision on Cheesecake Factory. I just feel like Baker Mayfield should be be classier in any kind of possible 
get it. Well, have you wrong ever, rendezvous? Have you ever seen Bowlers? The show no. on HBO. No. So the show on HBO, which is by the way written and produced by Rashad Mendenhall, played in the NFL. So a lot of people in the NFL, I believe, have a problem with Rashad Mendenhall. I think I read this now that he's kind of revealed a lot of the secrets of like you know pro bowl players okay. and stuff like this. They have a burner home, a burner apartment. Which, if you watch the Aaron, okay. Aaron Hernandez doc, yes. he did as well. Baker Mayfield can't get a burner apartment. He's got to go to a right. Cheesecake Factory parking lot. Yeah, I don't get Now, I did, I'm trying to tell this story very delicately because I don't want to give it away in any possible way. The only, the only actual detail I'll give is that it happened while I was in college. So this is 98 to 2002. Okay. I was on a road trip for the radio station covering a Fordham basketball game. And we w- we walked into a TGI Fridays. Sure, class. Noticed that there were two professional athletes sitting across the bar from us. They had a bunch of, you know, people kept bothering them. They had their buddies with them. Some girls walked over at one point, And just eventually the whole group left, right? So the crew of us, we leave the TGI Friday. We walk in the parking lot. We see a really fancy car. And my first thought is, that wasn't one of the pro athletes. Right. That right. Car, Who's driving this car for potato That's skins? still here. Right. So the car still, we walk by, and there's one of the guys in the front seat, and then all of a sudden, a lady's head pops up from underneath no. the... So maybe maybe that's just the way no. things happen when they happen. Now, I, I don't think... Yeah, the guy the the guy in the car was not mar- this, was, this was not like an adulterous situation. Right. This was just single guy doing what he's doing, doing at whatever. a Friday's parking no lot. No one was being forced to do anything, nothing wow. nefarious about it, but it was in the parking lot in a car outside a similar restaurant. So maybe this is just the way things go down when you're fancying an athlete. You know what though, like I said, I respect that they did it in a Friday's because you know what? After some fried green beans and some potato skins, you know, maybe you can go for a little hocus pocus in the parking lot. But I can't do it after inhaling what you inhale at Cheesecake Factory. After what you inhale at Cheesecake Factory. I think that'll about do. You know, we covered all bases. Bilotti and, so, right? and Bogus seeing mystery players. We'll run my story by the lawyers. Things. I'm yeah, going to post exactly. the podcast. All right. Uh, you can follow Andrew Bogus on Twitter. No, you can't. <laughs> Andrew Bogus. You can follow me on Twitter at CBS. Have a great week, everyone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 